One of the biggest challenges I face each week, and frankly, one of the points that causes me the most stress in my business is staring at a content calendar, looking several weeks out and deciding what content I want to start producing to be able to be sending out within a couple of weeks. Uh, that's for this podcast. It's for the videos that we produce on YouTube. It's for our webinar content. The content calendar is so very important because it's what really keeps your community engaged. And there's a different levels of responsibility to creating a content calendar. And I found myself this past week, especially on YouTube, falling into a trap, making a mistake that I know so many content creators make, but I was finding myself in that trap. And a, the clarity of dealing with that issue gave me this piece of content for this week. It actually ended up being a benefit, I guess, because it gave me the subject for this week's podcast. So I want to talk to you about the biggest trap that content creators face when we are looking at choosing the type of content, choosing the stories, choosing the messages that we want to deliver. This will be valuable content, I can promise you that. And it's coming up today on Grey Matters. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. So what's the trap that you fell into, Steve? What did you do that is so egregious that an entire podcasting episode is going to be dedicated to the mistakes you made as you were planning out upcoming content. Allow me to explain, because in some ways, what I consider to be a mistake is what a lot of other content coaches are telling you you should be doing in order to create your content. But here's, here's what happened at any rate. I was planning out the upcoming content for the next few months. And uh, this is always a stressful time for me, figuring out what content is in the mix, what we should be creating, be it podcasts, be it videos, uh, be it our webinar Wednesday, our tutorials, what content is most relevant. And I think that where I got off the rails a little bit this, this week was we've had some really profound success on YouTube over the past few weeks, well, the past few months, actually. Since the epidemic hit, a lot of our YouTube videos have done exceptionally well. A few have gone viral. And I, as you would expect, have leaned into that content. I have created more content around that, supporting it, uh, lifting it up, and doing quite well. And that's that's good YouTube practices. That's just good content creation practices. If your audience tells you that they are interested in something, you should indeed serve them more of that same content. But here's where I got off the rails. Instead of looking at the comments that were coming in and looking at the topics that you were most interested in, that the community was most interested in, I was looking at what I thought would perform the best when I posted the video, not necessarily serving my community the best, but what was going to generate the most 
watches, the most views, the most minutes viewed, the most likes, the most reactions, what was going to generate the most subscribers. Now, those are all metrics which are readily available on YouTube and we look at and some YouTube content creators obsess on. They're the metrics that we have that allow us to measure each aspect of our videos and it's very valuable information. It's all information that we use on a daily basis to help us improve our channels. And all of those metrics that I was talking about are healthy. Those are goals that we should be looking for to help grow our channel. A healthy channel has to pay attention to all of those metrics. But I believe that it's a bit of a mistake to create your content in service of those metrics, to serve those metrics instead of creating your content in service of your community. And that's the mistake that I made. That's where I started to go and, and things didn't feel right. As I was looking and writing down ideas, instead of looking at filling in the gaps in my community's knowledge and understanding of the topics that I wanted to talk about. Instead, I was doing keyword research saying, how many searches are there on this term? And what's the best phrase for this? Now, those are all things that we should be doing at some point in the planning process. But historically, I have always looked at keyword research and those things after I've determined the topic that I want to talk about, figuring out what the best titling is going to be and what, the, what we can do as far as SEO to best serve the content that we're creating. We were creating content, then we were using analytics and metrics to serve that content. We weren't creating content to serve the analytics. That's where I got off track and it felt wrong and it I believe in the long term, it is wrong. I'm pretty sure you could be successful doing that. I know a lot of YouTube coaches, a lot of content coaches who tell people that they should be looking for the popular keywords and then they should be crafting their content around what is popular, what is searchable, what is relevant in the online space at that particular moment. And there's no doubt that that is a blueprint that will generate growth in channel and success. But I question this. I question whether that is a system that will generate community, that will build real followings in an audience and it will allow you to make a difference and provide leadership to your community. That's serving the, that's, that's serving the algorithm. And the algorithm is a fickle mistress. It is, it is going to take care of you occasionally and it's going to burn you occasionally. I'm not sure that, that we want to have a long, a, a deep commitment to the algorithm. Instead, if we do a deep commitment to our community and to our content and let the algorithm come and go with us as it does, I think in the long haul that we are going to be far further ahead. So that was the mistake that I made. That was what caused me to take a step back and say, hmm, I want to really reevaluate my priorities this month as far as content creation. And what should I be doing? What have I done in the past? What are the, the hallmarks? that have led me to the point that I'm at now, and I've got to get back to them. So that's what I'm going to talk about. And just after the break, I'm going to talk to you about getting back to the basics of content creation that works for my community. But before I do that, speaking of community, I have to do a great big shout out and thanks to everybody in our Patreon community. I want to do a quick shout out to those of you who make this podcast, heck, to the entire Dottotech platform possible, and that is our community of support on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding service. It's similar to Kickstarter, but for content creators like me. 
But we've got an amazing community who support us financially, making it possible for us to create this podcast, our weekly tutorials on Webinar Wednesday, our YouTube videos, pretty much everything that we create. And the perks are terrific. For our $10 a month patrons, which is the vast majority, the perks include access to our Webinar Wednesday archives, where we have over 100 tutorial webinars on productivity, online marketing, and content creation. And our latest perk is free access to our online course, Don't Retire, Rewire, which teaches baby boomers and Gen X what their online options are for reinventing themselves instead of retiring. The links are all in the show notes below, or just remember, patreon.com slash dottotech. We've experienced a week which is uh, pretty special. Uh, the, the the support that the Patreon community has been showing Dottotech and Gray Matters this week is has been overwhelming to a certain extent. We have something over 30 new patrons that have joined us, and I just want to do a quick shout-out and thank each and every one of you. Uh, I'm going to mention you by name. There's John and Alan, Edward and Russ. If you hear your name, give yourself a big pat on the back. We've got Sandra and Forrest, Mark, Edward and Bill, Barbara and Yemi, Virginia, Rick, Tony, Keith, Wendy, Christopher, Claudia, Glenna. We've got James and Deb, Michael and Pamela. We've got Sean and Danielle and Lane and Peter and JD and Janine, Sandra, Wanda. We've got Tom, Mike, and Connie is the latest one to sign up and, and show her support for us here at Dottotech and at, on the Gray Matters podcast. And I just want to thank each and every one of you guys so much. Uh, it has been uplifting this week as the support has come in. And you have told us that the content that we are creating is valuable to you and letting us know that uh, that you're recognizing that, uh, that the content is valuable, that we are valuable and an important part of your community and showing the support that helps keep us on air. So to each and every one of you, my heartfelt thanks. So let me get this straight, Dotto. You're saying that as you were doing your content planning for the week, you were paying attention to keywords and internet trends, and you were coming up with a content calendar based on what you knew would have traction, what you would knew would generate views, what you knew would generate likes and comments and subscribers and revenue. And you feel for some unfathomable reason that that isn't the best way to plan out your content for the upcoming quarter or month or whatever period of time you are creating it. And when you put it that way, it sounds a bit silly, doesn't it? And it does. But it's still, I think, the wrong way for many of us to create our content. Now, yes, a lot of people do teach this system. They teach it and it works. Do not doubt for a moment that that system of creating content, of planning out your content, will not generate traffic, will not generate all of the goals and objectives that you are outlining as far as views, as far as revenue, as far as subscribers, as far as interactions. All of that is going to happen if you follow that model, if you pay attention to what the algorithm and what the research tells you. That is, that's going to happen. But I didn't build Dottotech and I didn't build Gray Matters in order to serve the algorithm. I built both those channels to serve a community. A community as far as Dottotech's concerned that's interested in content creation and is interested in productivity. And as far as Gray Matters, I built this channel, this content to serve 
baby boomers and Gen Xers who want to reinvent themselves and understand the online space better. Those are the people who I created these communities for, and they aren't an algorithm. They have individual opinions, challenges, and some of them are universal. Some of them are whole community faces, and other ones are individual. But getting down and understanding what those challenges that your community specifically faces, and then creating content to serve them, that when I stop and really evaluate what we're doing, that's the type of content that I want to create. That's what I want to do, and that's what I feel good about doing. It comes down to what is the intent. And intent is one of my absolute favorite words because I so often believe that we create content that does not have intent behind it. The intent that many content creators have is growth, is revenue, is impact. And for those people, creating content that's based on search results and analytics is the absolute way to go. But for people whose intent is community building, is for people who are creating content with the intent of serving a cohort, of serving a following, the analytics aren't always going to be the answer. There is and will be a time to incorporate the analytics, but it's not at the lead end of the decision cycle. It's at the tail end once you've already determined on the, con the content that you're going to be creating and determining how it is you're going to shine a light most effectively on that content. But real community leaders should have their finger on the pulse of what's important to their community at any one time. They should be engaging in constant conversation and constant dialogue with their community, and they should be empathetic towards their community's needs and challenges. So I believe that intuitively we should have a sense of what our community needs from us. And if we can deliver that content, if we can find a way to encapsulate and deliver that content, then we can look at the analytics. Then we can look at the research and we can determine how is it that we are going to frame the title and frame the keywords so that the algorithm honors it and pays attention to it and serves it to our community in a more effective way so that it does get discovered, it does get the viewership, and it does get the attention that it deserves. Because at the end of the day, that is our second job. Our first job is creating content that serves our community. Our second most important job as a content creator is shining a light on that content because the, the, those uh, algorithm gods don't just recognize that you've created a relevant piece of content for your community. They have to be led down the path. We have to serve all of their different, all of their different kind of uh, uh, peculiarities in order to make sure that our content indeed gets discovered. And that incorporates making sure we have the right keywords, making sure we have the right title in place, making sure that we're doing all of the SEO as far as the tags goes. All of those things happen and we have to pay attention to, but they should not be how we create our content. And, and it's kind of more is the shame because this is hard work. It takes attention, it takes energy, and it takes effort to create content with this form of intent. It's far easier to follow a formula to create your content, where you do a, a keyword search on a variety of different terms and you look at how much traffic is happening on those keywords and you know the sweet spot of how much search uh, you can get discovered within. And so you build a video or you build a blog post or you build a podcast into that format that has these keywords packed in this way, framed this way so that the YouTube and the Google algorithms show you some love and Facebook algorithms show you some love, share it with a, a broader community, and you get lots of people coming and viewing and listening to your content. 
that that works. There's there's no question that that works, and it's easier to do because it's a formula that you can plug and play. And when you're not inspired, when you're not engaged necessarily with your community and with their challenges and with what they're facing, it is still a way that you can create relevant, popular content without investing too much energy yourself. I mean, you still have to put together the video. You still have to write the content. There's still that level of energy, but there's a different level of self. There's a different level of personal energy that goes into creating content, which is relevant to a vertical community because you have to understand that community intimately before you can start to develop the content for it. That requires a real investment of yourself. So if we can't follow a nice, clean model that walks us chapter and verse through the creation of our content, how, how do you do it then, Steve? How do I go about creating my content calendar for the upcoming, whatever upcoming period of time that we're working on? It's more art than science, I have to say. And sometimes I end up going down in rabbit holes and it's really easy to end up going down in rabbit holes, getting lost in putting a whole bunch of work in something which not too many people are interested in and is frankly not all that relevant. And it happens on a regular basis. Nevertheless, this is the process that I go through as I'm starting to suss out the content that I'm going to be producing. And first things that are always top of mind, and this, this is just kind of the nature of being a content creator, is the things that I'm currently working on, I think people are going to be most interested in. So the fact that I'm doing lots of video conferencing work and the fact that I'm in that space right now, I think that the community is probably interested in that because I'm interested in that. Now, I do take a step back from that and we should all take a step back, but there is a certain rhythm to the business life and to the business world. And typically speaking, if you are interested in something that's happening in business in one direction or another, chances are that a substantial percentage of your following will be interested in the same things. Almost without fail, if I start talking about uh, a productivity tool that I'm evaluating and looking at and seeing how it fits, I find a big following of others that are looking at that exact tool or that exact space at the same time, because there is a certain, as I say, there's a rhythm to our lives. And so there's, that's how trends begin is a lot of people are interested in the same topic at the same time. And so those can be micro trends as well, down to the things that I'm currently working on. The next kind of level as far as is working my way up to the pyramid towards the content that I'm actually going to create is what has been successful lately. That should inform us what has been successful, what videos are being watched on my channel, not necessarily overall on YouTube or not necessarily overall as far as Google search, but looking at what the most popular current videos playing on my channel are. And I'll often find a mix of my most current videos, of course. But then I'll also find a whole bunch of videos that I created a year or two years ago that are have an increased number of views. And you have to ask yourself, why is that? Why are people looking at that? And you can do this on your blog. You can do this on your podcast. You can do this on all of your different uh, media types. But look at the historical content that you're creating and look for surges in your older content that, that, that indicates that that's a topic which has risen to relevance again. And YouTube, I have to say, is fantastic for that. I will suddenly have six-month, eight-month, two, three-year-old videos suddenly surge in relevance, get a whole bunch of views, and that tells me immediately what people are interested in and what topics are relevant, not just to the YouTube community, but specifically to my community, because this is one of the videos that I already created with them in mind. That is, that is uh, intelligence gold as far as I'm concerned about. 
And then there's the being in touch with your community. What do I feel good about? What do I feel when I start thinking about a topic, what do I get excited about sharing? And in the conversations that I've had with my peers or my friends or with, uh, with some of our followers, what questions have they been asking me specifically? And when I give them an answer, which ones seem to land and which things do they get excited about and tell me that they are doing and that they are engaging in. So it's, it comes down to very much just your feelings. Uh, this feels like it's a topic that is right for the time. Once I have all of those different criteria in place, it comes down to just a few different stories and a few different topics that have risen kind of to the top of that pyramid that we should be looking at creating content for. And as I start to craft that content, as I start to build those stories, intent raises its head one more time. Because with every feature that we create, with every podcast, with every, uh, with every video I create, there's only going to be two or three points that I really want my community to come away with. I think packing more into that, uh, more key points is, is, is difficult because people just don't have the attention span and it's hard to serve a lot of different masters within any one piece of content. But if you can walk away from one of these pieces of content, really learning one or two things, I feel that I've done a good job and the evidence bears it out. When I look at the comments, especially on YouTube, when I look at the comments that we get on our content, people will say, thank you for this one point. And they will point out that it makes a difference to them. And they are very, obviously very grateful. They took the time to comment. They took the time to mention where that piece of, uh, where that one uh, insight is going to help them out and is going to serve them in their lives. So looking at a very limited number of goals and objectives, looking at a very limited field of intent that you want to make sure that your community gets at the end of it, that is the next stage that happens is once I've decided on the content, then what are the two or three points, three maximum number of points that I really want people to come away with. Now, sometimes we include a lot more and often we'll include a lot more within the video, but just like every single movie, every single TV show, every single book has a narrative arc to the story that you're telling. The type of content that we create should also have a narrative arc and we should be driving that arc towards a climax where we talk about the key point that we want to share. And when you look at it pragmatically like that, it's pretty easy to structure the content and to be able to create the intent that you want within that content. I mean, look at this podcast right now. You already know exactly what the key few pieces of con information that I want to share with you are. What are they? Well, let's just summarize for a moment. The first is that the classic system of creating content to serve the algorithm is not always the best way to go, that there might be a different way to approach it, although that does work. The second key piece of content is the way that you should be creating content, or I believe to build community is through a dialogue with that community and with that community's interest at heart, not necessarily serving the algorithm as the, as the end all be all that you are trying to serve. Two very simple points, but increased clarity for all content creators when they look at that perspective. Now, everybody's not going to agree with this perspective and this way of creating content. But for those of you that it does make sense for, this is very valuable content. This is a good way of looking at your content that you decide there you're going to create regardless of what your platform is. And it gives you fresh eyes. It gives you a fresh perspective and it helps you 
to overcome maybe some of the sacred cows that you might have in the content creation space. The fact that you don't necessarily have to serve that algorithm. Everybody that's teaching you and talking to you about it, and when you create content and you feel guilty because you haven't paid attention to the algorithm, well, maybe that's okay because maybe you actually understand your community better than Google and YouTube and Facebook ever can because you talk to them. You don't just measure them, but you actually talk to them. I love spending time in my analytics. I love spending time in YouTube analytics and looking at what happens, but I do find that I occasionally get seduced by the instant gratification that is contained within those analytics. I get mesmerized by the numbers. I get completely seduced by the fact that some things are more popular than others. And that if I can just lean into that, if I can capture a little bit of the magic that this video had in my other videos, oh my gosh, I can make so much more money. I can grow my channel so much more and all of the zeros start to add up and I get caught up in the vanity statistics. It's easy to do because there's value in those vanity statistics. We do have to look at them. We do have to pay attention to them, but they aren't gospel. They aren't nutritious. You know what they are? Is, is there, is there, is there, they're snack food. <laughs> they are popcorn and they are potato chips and they are chocolate. They taste good. They make us feel good while we're eating them, but they aren't any way to lead our lives. We still have to make sure that we have uh, a proper nutritious and balanced diet there. How's that for mixing my metaphors in one podcast? Did I throw enough at you? It must be getting close to dinner time with me throwing in all of the different food analogies. Hey folks, let's wrap things up. If you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, please click subscribe on your podcast network of choice and make sure you join us each and every week for more gray matters. And if you could do me one huge favor, if you know of any baby boomers or Gen Xers who are looking to remain relevant in the digital age, who need to learn more about what's happening in the online space, please point them in the direction of gray matters. Our community is growing growing nicely, but it's growing organically. It's going to grow through you sharing these ideas with others who are like-minded and I rely on you in so many ways. Until next time, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming a castle.